I would say pardon my French, but I don't know French. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm a queer black feminist scholar. This is Darren, hailing from the mean streets of Anaheim. I'm an introvert, a novelist, and a nerd. We're early 30-somethings with three kids and over a decade of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness and adult life. We do adult differently. This is That Black Couple. Greetings, my friends. What? <laughs> Nothing. Go why are you looking at me like that? I love you. That's why. I There's love in my eyes. I love you, too. Grab some cider beer. Have a seat. Yes, I said cider beer. It's the one that's really fattening because it has tons of carbs and it tastes like apple cider. My friend Jordy got me hooked on it and it's very good. Hella good. It's hella good. It's hella good. Grab your cider beer. Have a seat. This is That Black Couple. This is Jen. This is Darren. And we're going to get started with episode 19. We're talking about whooping kids today. It's a it's a difficult topic. No, it's not. Okay. It's yes it is. Why is it difficult? Because people are difficult. Well, okay. Let, let's clarify that. I don't think it's difficult for us. It's not difficult for us because we have an idea and a that's very what clear it is. One. But people have other ideas. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about it today. So let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about it. So we're gonna open up because this is actually this is coming from a question that we got from our follower, Jessica Groen. And we're going to talk about that question first in the first things first section. Then in the conversation, we're going to get some details about why we have the stance that we have on whooping children. And then at the end, we'll reflect on our personal lives, our personal experiences. We are parents of three. So obviously we have experiences. And then also from us growing up with, you know, whoopings and corporal punishment. and And I think that's important because I feel like the people that want to talk about whoopings all the time are people that don't have kids. That's true. And like, you're the one that should not be talking. They'd be yeah. like, I have nieces. <laughs> You'd be like, um. <laughs> yeah, nieces get sent home. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> no shade. No shade. Child free. No problem. But okay, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. So let's start by letting you know how you can find us on the internet. First of all, if you want to get on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at That BLK Couple. You can find us on Facebook at That Black Couple and look us up on the internet at our website at www.thatblackcouple.com. And you can stream our episodes on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And you have to rate us high because... We are standing on our principles, even though we're probably going to catch a lot of heat for talking about spankings and saying something that might be counterintuitive to some people. I don't think it'll be counterintuitive. Okay, maybe not counterintuitive, but against their long-standing beliefs that they've held for their entire lives. Perhaps. That's why. Okay. Rate us high, please. So let's Thank go. You. So you're going to tell them the question? Okay, yes. First things first. Let's Here's a question. Right. So let's go. So like Jen said... Our friend, our listener, Jess Groen, as part of being a Patreon subscriber, she sent in a question to us that she wanted us to cover on the podcast. She already actually sent us one, and we covered it earlier in the season. Yeah. It's a great episode. 
Yeah, we actually did that question at the start of season two. So episode, what, 16? Yeah, 16, I think it's right. Of, of season two, when white people like you. Like I just said, you can find that on SoundCloud. You can find that on iTunes. You can find that on Stitcher. It's there. Go listen to it. But today, what we're talking about is whooping. And she sent us a really detailed um, question that we read through. I thought some really good points were made in here. I'm going to read just kind of um, an annotated version of that so we can get down straight to business. She said, if we recognize beating of children as a generational transmission of trauma connected to British colonial practice of relying upon flogging to maintain fearful compliance in domestic, academic, law enforcement, labor, and military Navy sectors, why is it still hard to get talking openly about how, how the practice of flogging is out of use in most spheres, except for those where young children are in early stages of development? That's a really deep question. It's a very deep question. Why don't we humans connect the boundary violations of child sexual abuse with the boundary violations of pain-oriented methods of discipline? Both behaviors break down a body's developing ability to exert, assert consent or, or refusal to interpersonal touch in intimate relationships. I am interested in hearing from other parents who take time to think and talk through how they aspire to healthy habits of caregiving while at the same time are sorting out their own feelings about childhood encounters with violent or emotionally unregulated caregivers. How have you negotiated these issues as you sort through your own childhood experiences? What has been your process as a couple in your parenting philosophy as you sort out how to try to socialize your own children to be interpersonally healthy and self-regulated humans? This is so much. It's so much in that question. I, I feel like it's one of those prompts that I would have on my comprehensive exams. Right. <laughs> like, you write a 20-page paper. Right. So I read this question, and like hearing you read it now, I'm like, oh, I have so many more answers. Mm-hmm. So let me explain how I understand the question. First, I think the first part of the question, which is really important, is the connection of uh, physical uh, abuse, physical harm, physical violence, and discipline to the bodily consent question. How mm-hmm. do we think about how children learn about bodily touch, healthy bodily touch, uh, when we are saying that one of the ways that you learn how to regulate behavior and social interactions and social norms is through this process of interfering with somebody's actual personal space, right? So that's one question. And then I think also what's attached to this question is how do we then socialize children and socialize ourselves out of the ways that we've been trained, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, I was whooped as a child by like, I felt like everybody, you know, it wasn't just like mom and dad, it was auntie, extended kin people who are not exactly blood relatives who were kin and play cousins play cousins you know and you do kind of learn this kind of feeling of fear of i can't do something wrong i'm afraid to do something wrong because someone may hit me someone may enter my my body in ways that are are not safe and that don't feel very good and there's the exposure of that right so you know, you get hit, sometimes they pull your pants down and expose your actual physical body to other people in the room. Like you never really actually know what's going to happen in those situations, you know? So I, I, I really appreciate this question. I'm very glad that we got this question. I think it's an important question and I'm looking forward to, to talking about it. So yeah, I'll go first. Okay. go ahead. So when I think about spanking, obviously for me that I go straight to childhood, I was spanked as a child. Mm Mm-hmm. What was always interesting to me when I was when I was growing up and kind of going through that experience is it wasn't something that I ever felt like I was going through alone. Right. Because it's like I wasn't the only one getting spanked. My friends were getting spanked. So like I had one my godmother actually, she had like when you think when you think about spanking, there's like always like this this mystique around like 
how you get spanked, right? Yeah. So you think traditionally there's like switches. It was always like go get the switch, which is like mm-hmm. a really demoralizing thing that not not only are you about to get whooped, but you have to go pick the, the, tool. the tool for your own whipping, right? right. Which is like a, a dual level thing that was messing people up in the head. Right. Um for me, like people had like my like I said, my godmother had she called it her magic wand. Yeah. Which was literally like one of those glass blown things with like, you know, liquid in it and like like glitter and stuff. And so, like, she, that was what the threat was. When I was with her, it was like, don't make me get my magic wand. That is so disturbing. Right? Really disturbing. And then, but then when I think about my friends, like, they used to laugh and joke about getting whooped. And I know we've even had this discussion before, as obviously we've known each other forever. Yeah. But, like, like, I remember my friends would talk about, oh, my mom whooped me with a wooden spoon and she broke the spoon off on my butt. Yeah. And, like, you have talked about how, like... TV guides. T- she, your mom would throw TV guides around the room. Yeah. Or, or she'd be extra mad at you if she was whooping you and, and then broke, broke her nail. nail. Yeah. You know, like... And so, it's weird because it's a terrible experience, I think, to get whooped. Uh, yeah. But in the same way, I think it, it fosters, like, its own community of we've all been through this trauma together. And so like we can bond over, over our experiences of getting, you know, our behinds whooped, like, which is just a weird, it's, it's, it almost sounds like, you know, I've been through abuse and now we're in like, we're, we're in a room and we're all, you know, commiserating about how we've gone through these abuses and we're trying to now right ourselves. Absolutely, That's what it feels like, which is just a really, I mean, that is what it is, but it's, it's interesting because, spanking in and of itself for so long has been such an acceptable pastime right right? so it's weird to line up those two things i agree even though that's exactly what it is i agree and i'm excited because in the next segment obviously we'll talk about like some stats and we'll talk about you know what spankings and whoopings mean in terms of like the contemporary sense and where it comes from in terms of the history but I, i i think it's interesting because when i read this question it made me think about that saying that people have when they're like oh I got beat and I turned out great. Like I'm wonderful, you know. And you be looking at this person like, mm. yeah. It's it's like it's like when when you 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 accept the abuse. It's right. like, well, the abuse turned me into who I am. And it's, it's cool, like, well, right? Like a lot of us have been abused, right? A lot right. of us have been physically, mentally, sexually abused. And this this is this is real life, and that happens absolutely. Like a lot of us are survivors. But I also think that this idea that because I was abused, I somehow have a free pass to now pass on that abuse to a new generation of people, especially young children who don't have any way to consent to the ways that we are entering their space and in their bodies and the ways that we are socializing them into how to become adults. That's where, for me, it becomes a different set of questions, right? It's not like, my issue is this, right? You'll have people who will say, oh, I'm going to beat my kids. Before they even have children. Yeah. They they pre-plan the beatings. They're like, well, that's going to be the way I discipline my children. It's not even like there's an option to think about other ways of being, right? So so I'm very much, I think we do do this very much so like in our personal lives, but also in terms of our parenting and with our kids. We are very much about like what has the world taught us is like our way of being. What have we learned is like the way that we are supposed to be? Because we know that most of that, if not all of that, comes from some white supremacist structure, some anti-black structure. So if we want to really actually love ourselves and experience life and understand what it means to be whole, then we have to start thinking about what are the other ways of being. My concern about like I got beat and I turned out okay, or I'm going to beat my kids, or, you know, these kind of ideas that beating is the only way. 
Whoopings are the only way. This is the only way to discipline children. That suggests that the only way of being is one that reproduces the systems that have already harmed us. Yep. And that is where I'm like, we have to challenge that kind of idea. Like at, at its core, we have to challenge the idea that the only way to move forward is to take the trauma and the pain and the harm that we've already endured and reproduce it. Well, and what makes that so disturbing, especially when I think about the black community, is in a lot of ways people see that as like a requirement. Yeah. Like, like it's a tradition. Like my mom was whooped. And she whipped me, and I'm going to whip my kids, and that's how we do things that's in the how Johnson you get your household. Black heart. You get and your it's black just heart, like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Like, right. So we're just going to do everything that's always been done before, and right. we're not going to question any of those things, and we're right. not going to interrogate them to see is that actually a good practice? Or was right. it something that was held over, like you said, from a white supremacist idea? Or was it, you know, something that was that was instituted in a time where they just didn't have an understanding of a right, lot of things? Right, and like right. we're not gonna ever better ourselves and try to do things in a better way. But we're- also like, how did that make you feel though? Like I be yeah. I be looking at folks like when they do stuff to kids, I be looking at the kids and it makes me so sad because I remember how that stuff made me feel. And I look at the kids and I'm just like, wow, like how, how 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 did that make you feel when somebody did that to you? And you're going to sit here and tell me that the only way for you to raise your child and for you to make sure that your child becomes a responsible and accountable adult is to is to harm them? I just don't. Well, and it's the same thing. Like you, you brought up people who say, oh, I'm going to whip my kids. It's, those are the same people who you know don't have kids and will look at a kid somewhere who's acting up and say, Oh, they need a whooping. They need a, like they look forward to beating kids. Like how, how is that right? Where your, your brain goes. It's a child who's learning how to conduct themselves in the world. So this is the thing. Like I have, I think we have to also talk about that. Like, and we'll get to this obviously, but I think that there are lots of ways that, you know, abuse does beget abuse. There's a lot of ways that a lot of us don't actually seek help for the abuse Mm. that we've endured and the trauma that we've endured. We don't go to therapy. We don't always seek medical assistance in the ways that we need or don't have access to therapy or medical assistance like we actually need. And so if you have endured that kind of trauma or abuse, if you have endured some type of long-term issue uh, that you have a hard time addressing on your own and then you become a parent, it might be very difficult to kind of overcome what you've been socialized with. And that's another component, right? And so it's very complicated. It's very, very complicated, but I do think that it's worth talking about, especially since when we're talking about people who are going to be more likely to experience corporal punishment, especially in public spaces, we're talking about people at the margins. We're talking about black folk. We're talking about trans folk. We're talking about queer folk. We're talking about poor folk. We're talking about people who are disabled. We're talking about people who have less access, less money, less whiteness, you know, less middle classness. Yeah. And that to me is why it becomes a really, really complex and really important conversation. Thank you for listening. We are the proud founders of watercoolerconvos.com, a platform at the intersections of blackness, culture, and adulting. We started that black couple to dive deeper into the issues facing young black millennial folks navigating the anti-black, anti-queer, white supremacist world today. This podcast is supported by donations and patronage of our listeners and readers of our blog. You should head over there and check out some of the content when you get a chance. If you would like to become a monthly subscriber or patron and help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash watercoolerconvos. 
Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Please consider giving $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. We really want to hire new writers and social media people, y'all, but we can't do that without your help. You can also give a one-time donation at www.paypal.me forward slash watercoolercombos. All donations are welcome. You can stream the show on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing an episode, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope-ass comments. This helps us with our page views and also gives us more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the show. And we are back. We are back. And it is time for the conversation. I feel like you always get so excited about the conversation. I don't know what it is. You go, you're always like, and it is time for the conversation. I, you know, I like to dive deep into these issues. You like to put your announcer voice. Oh, and it is time for I the conversation. It is time for the conversation. I like to talk from the pit of my stomach. I am corny. No, you took it too far. It's true, though. No. Okay. It is, though. <laughs> it's okay you can say that because because i love you and you love me and i know that this love is real that's but that stays between us i'm just saying so let's get into the conversation let's, let's go and i'm gonna keep talking out the pit of my stomach you do that baby you okay, do it thank you you do it that's my, my my billy d you do it do it <laughs> all right you do it okay so yeah we're in we're here in the conversation mm-hmm. and if you've been listening to this podcast you know that i love to get into some numbers i love to talk about some stats mm-hmm. because you know in a lot of cases the numbers don't lie yeah that's and true. so i took a minute i looked up some stuff uh-huh. related to spanking to tr- try and get some actual real numbers mm-hmm. behind the, is- the issue that we're talking about and actually i stumbled upon um the actual university of chicago oh wow i know that place yeah they, they have the general social survey mm-hmm. they've been running since eight since 1986 where yeah. they've been asking about spanking and there's a couple of things that really popped out that, that i've seen historically with that study first is that christians tend to be way more okay with spanking and in, in the actual year that i looked at it was 80 percent of born-again christians said that spanking is okay mm-hmm. so already we're seeing there was there's a relationship between religion and spanking Beyond that, we, we also see when you look at things along party lines, Democrats and independents are really not backing spanking. Republicans are those that are much more likely to support that practice. Uh-huh. So once again, we're, we're starting to see a profile emerge uh-huh. here of those that, that like this type of uh, practice. Uh-huh. Um, and lastly, the thing that I really wanted to highlight, um, actually, at the, the, the whole population actually is about 65% of people support spanking. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, that's actually something that I would probably expect. Right. I would probably expect that probably around 50%. Yeah. So 65 is a little, you know, it's a little close to little that high. margin of error. A little high. Uh, but then when you start to break things down by race, this is what I thought was really interesting. Whites, including Hispanics, have been on average 11 percentage points less likely than African Americans to favor corporal punishment. I feel like this stat is actually really interesting because if you think it's 65% of the population and African-Americans, black folks, make up about 11 to 13%. So this is why I wanted to make sure that we had this stat here because people, when they talk about spankings and whoopings and all this stuff, well, if we're only 11 to 13% of the population and actually getting smaller than that other 40 to 50% that we're seeing, that's not us. 
Also, if it's Republicans, sorry, that's not us. It's, <laughs> it's, but, it's not us. But that's interesting, right? Because when you think about the stats, when you think about the demographics of the country, right? Right. You tend to think white, Republican, Christian, yeah. those things go hand in hand. Yeah. These stats don't really follow that as a trend. Right. It has, it has you leaning more Republican, more conservative in religious belief. Right. But then when you go to race, it's skewing more towards black why is that because we're talking about the south there we go (laughs) there we go where do you find white republican conservatives and black people all squished up together in the south in the south that's just my theory well and and see and i know for your piece you looked up some stuff too and this is something we've been talking about the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. and this actually backs that idea yeah it does so i was looking at kind of where there's still spankings actually in schools. So I, okay, so I knew this was happening, but I feel like I didn't know it was happening. It's one of those things where you're like, you see it on the news or you see it on like a website and you see an article and you read it and you're like, no. And then somebody says it out loud who experienced it and you're like, for real though? (laughs) So I recently was talking to someone who was telling me about how there were spankings in their schools in the South growing up and how they still have them. I mean, when I think about that, I think about Sister Act when they the, the nuns were spanking them with rulers. Like, I think, and that, yeah. that was so long ago. Yeah, I'm and like, see, well, I went to not. a Catholic school. And so I, I, I remember being afraid of the nuns and the threats with the rulers. And so I thought, okay, this is a Catholic school thing. This is like what something that nuns do. I didn't realize that they had formal, no, these are formal processes where they are signing, you know, permission slips to beat the hell out of your kids at school. So your kid is late to class and instead of just, you know, sitting into the principal's office or detention, they hit them. And not, not just hitting though. With a paddle. A paddle. A paddle that actually has like names on it. Like, I'm Professor Whoop That Ass. Like... Mrs. Tap you on the ass after class. <laughs> I like that name actually. Sorry, I just made it up. <laughs> the, the alliteration was just sorry. You know. It's not funny, but like <laughs> they are literally doing this to like grade school children up and through high school. I just don't hitting children in school. So the U.S. Department of Education, uh, and this is an article in ABC News. So we'll have all the links in the the notes for the show. But the U.S. Department of Education has found that school-sanctioned spanking is most prevalent in southern states. Shocker. Uh, Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Louisiana, for instance. There's no state laws against spanking there, although 27 states have policies against the practice. And this year, Pennsylvania, this is this year, meaning 2017 was when this came out, is debating becoming the 28th. So spanking in schools is currently allowed. This was as of 2017. In 23 states, although in many districts, parents who object can withhold permission for schools, per, school personnel to spank their kids. So it's allowed. It's like, oh, you know, they can have like a fruit cup and they can go to PE. We can whoop their ass or they can just like ride home or take the school bus. Like it's on the list of things that you get at the beginning of the school year as options for your child. Like, I just enrolled our children in school. You just We just did enrollment forms. Right. And it was like, oh, they need this computer use form. Okay, I got an iPad. I got to click that button. It's as if the next button was like, can we beat their ass? <laughs> and I had to go, hmm, well, let me think about that. 
this is one of those things, and this goes back to a question that I ask about a lot of things in life. When I when I when I see that there's an option, and I go, if there's an option, that means someone is saying yes. Right. Right. Because usually I hear that and I think, well, of course no. Like I'm not gonna let someone that I I literally don't know. Well, what's unfortunate in this situation, there being an option actually means that someone is saying no. And that's even scarier. This option means that yes was a given. They were mm. already doing it, right? So now I'm going to talk about history. And the reason why I want to talk about history, and this gets back to Jess's um, question, is we're thinking about specifically spankings, whoopings, corporal punishment, uh, discipline that is in the form of actually physically hitting children, and how it's so hard for us to talk about it. Well, part of the reason why it's so hard for us to talk about it is because it's, it's stigmatized, right? So it's stigmatized because... When we do think about what whoopings and disciplinary judgments, stuff like that happens from, it often happens from shame. It happens from this idea that you are not as good as the rest of us. You somehow deserve this punishment. You've done something, right? When we think about all these videos, I recently saw a video of a police officer really just beating the shit, beating the shit out of a man on the street. I believe it was in Baltimore. And I'm looking at this video and I'm, I didn't want to watch it. It was one of those autoplay videos. I'm like, shit, I yeah. haven't watched it. And you're looking at this and it's like, what is a black police officer being a black man? And when you see the power dynamic there and you see the authority of the police officer and the fact that he's willing to his authority like that, right? We are socialized to believe that the people who are on the receiving end of this violence are somehow des- deserving of that violence, right? When we think about back to slavery, I hate going back to slavery because I hate when people go, everybody always takes things back to slavery. Unfortunately, specifically for black Americans, that's where a lot of the socialization practices have happened have have happened for us. Right. Right. When we think about people who, uh, you know, black people who were enslaved, who for very minor offenses like not picking enough cotton, or you know, speaking up too soon, or not not making soup hot enough, could get a tongue cut off, or a finger cut off, or a toe cut off, or genitals mutilated. Right. Right. You know, enslaved women who were forced to walk around on uh, plantations in underwear that were not full underwear that actually exposed their bodies to the rest of the plantation. So there are ways that these types of kind of shame and stigmatization and this kind of like ways that people are allowed to enter your physical body and space without your consent. There's a process here. There's Mm -hmm. a reason why that is happening. And more often than not, it comes from power. It's this process where it's like, I have power over you and I want to control your behavior. I want to control you. Not only do I want to like teach, I'm not trying to teach you. I'm not trying to raise you. I'm not trying to guide you. You're not my peer. You're not my colleague. You're not my friend. I don't respect you. In some cases, I don't think you're even human. I'm trying to control you. I need you for a particular purpose. Maybe it's labor. Maybe it's some type of sexual exploitation. In the case of children, I'm like, so what is the reason then? Well, the the thing about all these cases to me is what the word that comes to mind is motivation. And that's that's the mask that that all these things use. People say, well, I'm trying to motivate someone to do blank. Right. So in the case of slavery, it's like, well, I'm trying to motivate you to be a better producer for me in the fields. Right. So to do that, I'm going to punish you with corporal punishment. Right. And that's not just a motivator for you. It's a motivator for everybody else. Because there's also there's the punishment itself. And then there's the threat of the punishment. The fear. Yep. All of that is, is meant to, quote unquote, motivate you to do a certain activity. Right. And to me, that's the same thing with spanking. When people are spanking, it's to motivate you to have the right behavior. Because right. Because you know, if you have the wrong behavior, 
this is what's coming. Right. And that's why a lot of times they, we know, and this is, you know, a lot of us are, are socialized with this, where they tell you, oh, I'm going to spank you. Everybody get in a line. We're going to spank you in a line. Mm-hmm. And it's this process of preparing for the spanking. I'm going to spank y'all all at 6 p.m. Have you ever had that happen to you? Mm. That's, that's the worst. Group spankings. The, yeah, the, the group spankings or the... Oh, when wait I get home. Time. Oh, and you're when, like, wait the fuck? Like, I gotta wait five hours. I gotta hours. sit here all damn day and and obsess about this fucking spanking because I spilled the damn Cheerios on the floor. I gotta sit here all damn day, and now I gotta grease my whole body up with Vaseline, trying to make sure this fucking <laughs> belt slide off of me because you're gonna be spanking me at six p.m. tonight. You know, and like that is that is shame and stigma. It's that's not even that's not even just discipline. Right? right? Because if you really want to just spank me and discipline me, we all, listen, a lot of us have had pets, right? And they teach you with animals or with, with small children or things like that. You you punish right after the thing. Right. You punish right after the thing. So you associate the activity exactly. with the punishment. Exactly. It's a normal thing, right? It's like, oh, in your mind, you're like, oh, I did that thing right there. And now I'm getting punished because I did that thing. Got it. When you got to wait 8, 10, 11, umpteen hours, two, three, four, five days until somebody get back from a vacation or somebody else mad and they going to spank you just for extra spankings. No, y'all, y'all niggas is just aggressive. Y'all niggas is just aggressive and you're taking out your aggression on people who have no bodily control. Well, and this, and like, like I was saying, a lot of people call it motivation. No. But, but I would go back to something that you said. It's like, we're not going to interrogate this and figure out there's a better way to motivate people. Come on now. There are better ways. Come on now. It's the easiest way for a lot of people to just say, okay, I'm just going to punch you in the throat. Instead of, instead of trying to come up with an actual real solution, a long-term solution that will do something better for you. And the, the other piece of this that gets to me is people like to say, oh, well, if I spank them and they'll understand that that's a bad thing and that'll improve. They're... That's not what that does. Spanking doesn't then teach you, oh, this is no. a bad practice and I should not have the no. practice. Spanking, it teaches you, let me do what I need to do to not never get, get the spanking. It, it says, let me never, ever get caught because spankings suck. Yeah, to me, what, and, and I mean, and this is a little bit of personal experience, it just taught me to say, okay, if there are certain things I want to do that's going to get me spanking, I need to make sure I need to do it in an uncover way yep. so nobody knows Absolutely. and I'm going to get the spanking. It, it doesn't make, say, oh, wow, maybe I should really think this Absolutely. through and understand that this is a good life choice. And that's for, not what that and, does. And for me, for me, I just figured out, listen, I'm bigger than my mama, so <laughs> at some point this is going to stop hurting. <laughs> and I looked her square in her face and I was like, this don't hurt no more. So you getting tired. You're sweating. You might break a nail. Let's just negotiate. And she was like, what? I was like, listen, I don't think we should do spankings anymore. Real talk. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, never got to spank it again, though. Like, I was like six inches taller than her. Well, and, and, and let's be honest, though. That, that's, that to me is like an outlier. Right. <laughs> no, because, that's very much because we know who you, how I know Other who you are. Other kids would have got beat more. Yeah, it would have like, oh, <laughs> oh, you think you grown? Let me go get this piano and smash your head. You know, it'd be it would be an escalation. Absolutely, but I also think to your point, to your point, I think this is another thing that I think is very dangerous too, is a lot of parents who are raising children at the margin, specifically black children, have said things about feeling like they need to spank children because that's how the world will treat them. And they mm. need to be prepared for that. Somehow the idea is that if I beat you down first, then you'll know that the world will beat you down. You'll, you'll be used to it. You'll be prepared. So when it happens, it won't be such a shock. So Yeah. So you'll be prepared for the world beating your ass too. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. And I've always said this. My problem is that black people, right? We deserve rest. 
We deserve a place. We deserve safety. We deserve home, right? And if you are at a point where even your parents are not safety, are not home, are not restful, are not a place for respite, and you look around and you have nothing, then to me, as a parent, then I'm like, I didn't do a good job, right? I didn't do my job. I didn't do my well, job. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking right off the top of my head because to me, that's another thing that goes back through history. Yeah, it goes back to slavery, and to me, I feel like in that time, there, there was such a high stake. Like you said, for everything. Absolutely. Like like you said, if the soup wasn't hot enough, like there was a there was a real punishment coming your Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And so I feel like in a lot of ways in that time you really had to train up your child to be able. Absolutely. And so I think in that time there was probably less of a focus on having respite. Yeah. Perhaps. And so and to some degree, I could see it. Yeah. I still believe that's wrong. And right. It, but but I could see it more in that type of and it's it's hard because I'm making the comparison between a time yeah. when slavery was a practice yeah. where to now where slavery obviously in itself is not like but a practice. The, but the vestiges is still up in But here. right, but we're still face it's not like we I walk outside and, and there's no free. threat. And, right. You know. Right. It's still this there's still a lot of that yeah. going on. But I feel like it goes back to what we were talking about of when you know better, you have to do better. Yeah, but I, I guess what I also think is that they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like, I think that there's ways that we can prepare our children for the world that wants to beat them down and annihilate them without beating them down. And oh, definitely. Them, right? Like, I, I think, and we'll get obviously into this in the reflection, but I think that there are ways that we can think through, how do I prepare my child for a world? How do I be honest with them? How do I show them the ways that the world operates? How do I how do I make sure that as a parent, I am responsible and accountable to my child while also making sure that they are not gut, gut afraid of me? Mm-hmm. That when I walk in the room, they don't start to quiver and the hair doesn't stand up on the back of their neck. Like I just, I just think that there are better ways for us to do it. And I, I would like to think that we're doing that. Oh, I know, I know we are trying every day. I'm trying hard as hell. Every single day. And parenting is not an easy thing. No, it's not. And I, I, I mean, we should we should have prefaced this whole conversation with that. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy for anybody. Ain't no rule You could books. be the richest person in the world. You could be the poorest person in the world. And you, you know what pisses me off about parenting? What? The shit changes like every six months oh, for yeah. every child. I'm like, I just feel like there's a point where you should like the kid, the parenting should like at least remain static for at least a year or two. And I feel like it no. just is it, just they come out and then every stage, they don't tell you that all the stages is like three to six months. Yeah. One day you wake up and you're like, oh, we're doing this now. Oh, 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 we're doing this now. Oh, OK. Oh, 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 we're doing this now. Oh, like it's literally Every few months, I'm and some, like. Sometimes it's a happy surprise, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like, well, damn, you know. Damn, it's like I really said I wasn't gonna strangle you. No, it's so like now I gotta stick to that. <laughs> okay, so now you're trying to threaten our children. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying that that's what goes on in my head. Like, like I see my we child do something, we, and I'll go, "Wow, we, I really was committed to not." We're not going. We're not gonna beat you. So let's think about this. And let me, I need to, you know, challenge myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
come up with a new solution for for this new challenge. Well, let's talk about it in the next segment. Oh, and it's coming. Like what you hear? You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. You can find them on Facebook at That Black Couple, and you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at That BLK Couple. If you have questions or comments about the show, email them at thatblkcouple at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. All right, are we back? Yeah, we back. It's the reflection. This is like my favorite part. So your favorite part of every every episode is the conversation. Mine is the reflection. Because I feel like this is where we just shoot the shit. Yeah, and we, I feel like we get to talk about ourselves and get you know deep into our feelings and stuff. Here you go with your low voice. And that's that's nice. Okay, Billy Dean. I'm going to get real close to the mic. Okay, Barry White. I'm going to get a little breathy. Okay, Tank. <laughs> no. <laughs> tank, tank me, please. Tank is nasty. <laughs> Oh, he he, real nasty, and he's he's you know really open about it. Tank is so nasty. He's like, who's nasty here? He raises his hand. He's only like four foot nine, but he is a nasty little thing. I feel like sometimes people that are on the shorter end of the scale feel like they really do need to compensate. I don't think he's compensating. I don't, I don't feel like he needs to, but I, feel I like think maybe, it's all natural. You think that just he's just nasty? Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful. He's just so nasty. He just so nasty and little. I'm putting in my pocket. He's so cute. <laughs> He's so nasty. Did, we have, did you take a picture when you saw I him? I sure did. Took a picture with Tank. We need to dig that picture up. It's, I'm, I'm about a foot and a half taller than him. It's, it's laughable. But he cute. He grabbed me by my waist. I said, okay, Tank. Okay, Tank. What you gonna do with that waist, Tank? <laughs> now we know what he would do. Now we know exactly what he would do. <laughs> he done told us everything he would do with the waist. Nasty. Anyway. Ooh. Okay, so back to what we were talking about. Now let's talk about some kids now. Okay, so <laughs> back to the children and whoopings. Okay, so let's talk about reflection. So I, I actually really like this question because uh, I was one of them kids where whoopings would just piss me the fuck off. They just made me real mad. Like, like people putting their hands on me, entering my space. I was one of those kids who didn't go, oh, maybe this is somehow my fault. This is somehow normal. No, I was like, I'm burning shit down. I'm beating somebody's ass. Like, I'm angry. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the reactions. That's a normal human reaction to being hit mm-hmm. and being harmed is you know fight or flight and mine right. was well, fight and it's also that you're not supposed to then have a right. reaction right <laughs> so. and i think what was hard for me growing up with whoopings and spankings and things like that was because my my mother raised me to understand consent she raised me about not letting people touch my body she raised me to understand that i didn't have to let people disrespect me and so it really did sit in discord with me when she and others would do that to me it didn't make any sense to me it just i was very confused by it and so i think in terms of like with our children we did start out i think with our oldest we never did the full-on whooping thing we never had belts and spoons and no no but when he was what two and a half three we did a little hand spanking like this doesn't actually hurt but we're gonna pop your little hand to get your attention or whatever and I think even after a while, like, that felt bad, right? And I feel like we continued that for a few years, even after our second was born. And we would, like, pop on the butt or whatever. But, you know, she was, like, very dramatic. And so even if we, like, kind of, like, blew it or, like, 
she would like scream as mm-hmm. if we had pushed her down some stairs or something. But you know, I think that was when you kind of realize it's not about the pain in some cases, right? It's about this is your parent. This is the person who you love the most and they are hitting you. Like they are they are they are physically hitting you. And I think that's when it hit us like, okay, we have to think about other ways of disciplining our children. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it also, it does sit in discord with teaching your child about consent. It sits in discord with teaching your child to respect their bodies and to respect others when you're physically harming them. So even now, when I raise my voice, for instance, at Logan, and he'll be like, why are you screaming at me? Or why are you yelling at me? I'll say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I yelled at you. And I'll explain, you know, I shouldn't have done that. It's not the right thing. Well, and the other thing is, it's and this is what's been happening recently, which really really strikes me because we did grow up in a in a way where we would get spankings and you couldn't talk back. Yeah. Like he'll speak up for himself. Oh, he'll yeah. say, I don't like when you yell at me. Yeah. It kind of cu- cuts you deep as a parent because you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. you don't like that and you're voicing it. And I know better than to just come back at you and say, well, I'm going to yell at you. Right. And so it makes you really be accountable to yourself and yeah. say, okay, let me actually do, let me actually walk the walk. Yeah. And I appreciate that he says that. Like, I'm glad that he will look at me and say, it hurts my feelings when you yell. It hurts my feelings when you, you know, do this thing. And recently, mommy, you haven't been listening to me and I need you to listen to me, you know, because I'm not going to get it right. And I'm sometimes going to be frustrated or I'm going to be tired or whatever it might be. And I need to be responsible and accountable to how I've raised him and socialized him. And I'm glad that he, you know, will say something. Now, on the flip side of that, that shows me I need to do better, right? Like, I think that, you know, we have obviously tried really hard to make sure that we're not physically hitting our kids. There's no physical hitting in our household at all. We don't tolerate it at all for anybody, where some people look at us and think that something's wrong with us because we have three children and they're like, how do you run your household and no one's getting spankings? And it's like, we don't do that. And people meet our children and they're like, bull shot and like in awe because they're just like, you're not spanking them. And it's like, no, and we're not mm-hmm. going to, and you better not put your hand on my child. But at the same time, I think it stems from the fact that we do respect our children and we respect them as people and we teach them to respect other people as people. We teach them about consent. We don't even want them to hug each other without getting permission. We don't want them to lay right. on someone without getting permission. Like, I, I mean, we, we ask for consent for each other. When I want to touch you, I, I ask, do I have consent? And I think that, that that's a really good way to establish rules around how we enter someone's space and how we touch other people's bodies. That's That to me mitigates a lot of this issue. Like when, when someone does something you don't like, you don't have to touch them. You don't have to touch yeah. them. There's no reason to touch them, right? We can simply speak to them and establish what we need and what the harm was. And if they don't respond in the way that they need, then we escalate it in ways that are necessary. And and there does there doesn't have to be that physical escalation. Right. I've gone back and forth with whole, this whole spanking thing with our kids because, yeah. like you said, we we started off, you know, little pats on the butt, pats on the hand, and stuff like that. And there was probably a couple months stretch yeah. where I was I was spanking. Yeah. And I know I was doing it because of the same things that we've talked about. Like historically, that's what you do: you spank your kid, it gets them in line, they're getting on your nerve, they're not listening. You spank them, and you get the reaction you want, right? Yeah. And what made 
me and and us change was looking at the reaction. I know. And seeing how it was making our kids feel. Yeah. And then actually thinking that through and saying, is this actually a good thing for them? Yeah. Is this actually getting the, the real result that we right. want? And seeing that it wasn't. It wasn't something that was actually really making them better people or, mm-hmm. or making them stronger or more willing to or, or more able to go out into the world. Yeah. It was causing other issues. Right. And so we had to think through, okay, what... What will work to to still have that dynamic of I'm the parent, I'm the one in charge, and you are my child, and you still have to listen to me and build that type of respect, but then also not having to physically hit them to impart that. Absolutely. And what we really came up with was looking at our children and saying, okay, well, what do they value? What's important to them? And that works every time. And I also think like when we think about the data, right, about children who are uh, spanked, whooped, p- children who experience corporal punishment and how they, on average, tend to show more aggression, mm-hmm. tend to have more physical uh, altercations in schools, um, tend to have more issues when it comes to uh, discipline. Now, I think about the carceral state. I think about the ways that the carceral state relies on aggression and punishment. And for me, like when you look at your child and you're doing that and you actually see aggression in your child, when you're spanking or when when that happens and then you take away the spankings and you see the aggression starts to go away like that to me was a major change in our household like that's why even now like they fight over the the switch or they fight over someone taking a pretzel and it's not a physical fight it's like a oh my gosh please stop you know and I feel like that's one of those things where if we bring like kind of corporal punishment and the logics of the carceral state into our household and we introduce that to them in terms of how they are treated by us, then that is how they will work through issues in the world with their siblings, with their friends at school. That's why the data show that young children, young people who are spanked, whooped, beaten by parents are more likely to be aggressive with other people. That is why that happens because that is how we are teaching them the logics and the norms that we are teaching them yeah. in order to deal with the world around them. And I yeah. don't want to reproduce that. And it's it's a very to me it's a very short term method, right? Yeah. It's like you did something, I hit you. You did something, I pinch you. Right. You did something, I spank you. Right. Right. And that's not that's to me, when I think about the world and how I feel like I should approach the world and how I want my kids to approach the world is I don't want everything to be a knee-jerk reaction. Well, okay, but listen to this, though. What we did teach them, though, this is something we did teach them. If somebody hits you and somebody's trying to fight you, you whoop their ass. Oh, yeah. That's a different thing. Now, what's been difficult about that (laughs) is drawing a line between inside the house versus outside the house. But also in, like, defending oneself from harm. Right. And, you know, using harm in order to mitigate issues that can be handled through conversation or other methods. Right? right? And that's a difficult lesson to teach, too. If yeah. somebody walks up to my child and is physically beating them up, I don't expect my child to lay there and get beat up. Oh, no. None of my kids have been trained to lay there oh. and... None of them will do that. Neither one. N- not one of these three not, kids None of them do will that. do that. Not, not one of them will do that. Not one of them will do that. I'm confident that not one of them will do that. They will all defend themselves. But it's because I've taught them, we've taught them that 
defending oneself from harm, right, is not the same as entering someone's body in someone's space without consent. Right. Those are two different things. Now, if somebody's entering your space without consent, if somebody's treating you some type of way, if someone is doing something to you and you have to physically defend yourself in a way that keeps you safe, then you work through that, right? You use your discretion. If you can use your words, if you can mitigate the harm that way, if you can avert the threat by walking away, if you can do that, you do that. But they also understand that there's escalation. Right. Kids need to understand, just like adults need to understand, there are rules to escalation. There are processes where you assess the situation. You look at it and you say, can I go tell a teacher? Can I talk to an adult person here? Is there someone here I can trust? Is this person going to hurt me? Like, What are the stakes? Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have to trust kids to, to teach them to understand, like, there are ways to mitigate these situations. And not all of them require that we hit people or that we be hit. When we're talking about spanking, we're talking about punishment, we're talking about how we're raising children. And to me, that's a long game. I'm teaching you how to operate in the world, like you said, kind of really how to think through a problem, how to assess a threat, to understand if something really is a threat or not, and then really actually thinking through how to respond. Right. And when you're spanking a child, you're teaching them the response is violence. Correct. And not just, not just you know, regular violence, but... Violence that's shameful, violence that that begets more anger. Like it's it's not that's not an actual real solution. No. And you're teaching them that that's the solution. That's and not even just the solution, but the ultimate solution. And that the people you love will be the first ones to hurt you. Right. And so what is what does that do to to you in your brain? How right. does that how does that affect you and how you do you walk through the life through your life in every other situation outside of just interacting with your parent? Absolutely. And I think that's why we've made the decisions we've made. I mean, I, I'm, obviously, we're not perfect. We, we fuck up all the time. Mm -hmm. And we try our best to get it right. But I think, you know, when you respect children, you know, respect them as human beings and treat them with respect and kindness and leave space for them to figure things out. And also don't do that thing where it's like, I'm an adult and I have all the answers and I turned out great and I'm perfect, which is complete bullshit because none of us are perfect. Then it works, right? Like you... And this whole, like, I'm your parent. I'm not your friend. Fuck that shit. Me and my kids is friends. I don't give a fuck what nobody if, say. If they don't have no friends anywhere else, they don't have they friends They're going to have home. friends at home. Like, we got a whole house full of best friends. <laughs> and honestly, and that's why I think our, when I think about our house, it's such a tight-knit unit. Yeah. Because even though our kids fuss and fight with each other and they don't like when they get punished or whatever, and sometimes we send them to bed and they're like, I want to stay up late. Like, we have all the same usual stuff that other families have, I think. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, this family is a unit. And they're, right. they're willing to do anything. With right. each other. They're like, oh, we're going to move to Zimbabwe. Let's go. Yeah. Like with, with no hesitation. Right. Not one single qualm because nope. they know we got each if other. If nothing else, they're going to come home and they're going to have us. And that's the thing. People, people act like if someone is your friend, then that means that you don't respect them. And maybe we need to start thinking about mm. what we mean by friend then because I respect all of my friends and I teach my children friends are incredibly important we teach our kids that we're best friends like i love you and you're my best friend and i would do anything for you and i would expect that they would have each other's backs and they should expect that from me too and i shouldn't be in the house beating on them and disrespecting them and treating them in less than what they deserve and no friend should do that but no one who loves you should do that and you know they have a right to say something about it Thank y'all for listening. 
Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internets at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye!